Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Thursday, Point of Contention, with Ethan Sherwood-Strauss and Marcus Thompson, hosted by Zach Harper. I do have a take. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. It's Thursday, that means it's time for POC, that's Point of Contention. I'm your host, Zach Harper. In this corner who's going to have five subjects, five minutes for each subject, the esteemed author, the Bay Area legend. You can read Golden, The Miraculous Rise of Steph Curry, or you can read KD, Kevin Durant's Relentless Pursuit to Be the Greatest, both available wherever you buy books. Just back from rescuing his wife from a wildfire, Marcus Thompson. So I'm just trying to figure out like what kind of brownie points and how do I cash in the rescuing of my wife from the air pollution of the 8,000 wildfires in the Bay. Like, can I parlay this into something? Like, you can't just be saving your wife without getting rewards. You feel me? Well, 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 you really have to communicate what you're doing. I don't just do the dishes. When I'm doing it, I try to make it very obvious. I try to, hey, I'm doing the dishes. The dishes are being done. So I should have pulled up like, been- yo, I'm rescuing your lungs right now. You're like, yo, this yes, is me and saving slugger, you. And slung your wife over your shoulder like a marauding Viking. I think what you do, off. Marcus, is next time she sighs at you, you say, wow, it doesn't, doesn't sound like there's any smoke in that sigh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, your lungs are sounding pretty good, huh? And you heard in that corner, it's Ethan Sherwood Strauss, the host of the House of Strauss podcast and the author of the book, The Victory Machine. Ethan, do we really buy that 30 million people watch the DNC? Wow. Yeah, that's quite – I'm looking at the ratings right now because that is a fixation of mine. For the TV, I see – I think it's around 4 million for it. So uh, I don't know. I don't know math. Nothing matters though. No rules in the pandemic. 30, 40, (laughs) 4 – just, a, just. A, <laughs> well, it might be. A, to be fair, it might be one of those. You add up all the. You add up all the channels, and it, isn't it over Zoom? So maybe you have Zoom, You have Periscope. You have Zoom. You have Cardi B. There's a lot going on. It's interesting that you mentioned that because Jade, start the clock. It's time for take one. Speaking of ratings and counting stuff, counting people, as mentioned, Ethan has released a highly controversial article on Monday on TheAthletic.com with the bombshell big number 45. Quote, as in the league's ABC games, its premium broadcasts are down a whopping 45% what the NBA averaged back in 2011-2012. The big network slide has also coincided with sharp declines in local numbers and cable as well. TNT's average NBA viewership is down over 40% since 2011-2012, and ESPN is down roughly 20% over that span. Ethan, explain to the people why TV <laughs> ratings are down. Yeah, I saw like I, I saw it was kicking up some storm, kicking up some dust, and I, I kind of just at a certain point I just shrug and I just go, you know what? You're right. You're right. It's you're right. It's just me. I'm bad. Everybody loves the NBA. Nobody's gone away. Uh, the 45 percent stat that's hard data is fake somehow, uh, and everybody there's no way anybody could be turned away because of politics. You know, everybody's very brave for taking these political stances, and yet these stances are agreed upon by everybody. Uh, that's that's sort of the sarcastic place that I now find myself in. Look, 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 folks. Uh, interest has been declining 
as far as commodifiable, you sit down, you watch a game. There are many reasons for that, I think. But it just seems like the NBA right now, for whatever reason, doesn't have the juice that it had a few years ago. Now, I'm trying to establish the what. Preliminarily, the what, right? This is happening. And after we can agree upon the what that it's happening, we can get in a conversation about the why. That's a complicated conversation. I will say, watching Lakers Blazers, I think to myself, this series right now, this has the juice. This is something you can see people talking about at the water cooler if we still had people meeting up at water coolers. Terrible idea and these it just days. Seemed, yeah, probably not a great idea. Probably a lot of recirculated air around that water cooler. Um, but it just seems like there's not a lot of we're, that. We're gathering around the, the uh, hand sanitizer now. That's that's the new thing. Yes. Right. <laughs> the carton of hand sanitizer. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, discussing our Zoom calls uh, with Mar- our relatives. Marcus, yes. are the ratings calculated properly? Man, I have no idea. I've never seen a Nielsen box in a black house. I ain't never bought none of that stuff. I, I don't. I don't even know what it is. And you know what? I'm just gonna say this now. And I'm talking to Ethan. And I'm talking to all you ratings people. This is all mm. your fault. Nobody <laughs> knows what the hell ratings are because you do a terrible job of explaining it. What the <laughs> hell is a share? What's 1.3 share? Like the analytics community has done a good job of letting us know what offensive rating means. But after 20 years, we have no idea what a share is. And also, uh, this is another one for Ethan and his peers of, of, of ratings people. Y'all change the, <laughs> the, the target every two years. It's been the Warriors. It's been three-point shooting. It's been super teams. It's been players not uh, – or taking off days, load management, right? It's been all this stuff, and now it's politics, and now it's China. Like, make up your mind why ratings are declining, and then let's deal with that. But every two years, y'all got a new reason. Oh, it should be 66 games. There are too many games. And then we worry about that. And it's, oh, no, now it's race. And then we worry about that. Now it's going to be Pumas. We don't like Pumas. The nation hates Pumas. Like, pick a dang reason, yo. I've lived in Sacramento, San Diego, Minneapolis, Salt Lake City, Miami, Los Angeles. I've never known one person who had a Nielsen box. But were you really interrogating everybody you met about whether they I had think a Nielsen it, box? I think it would have come up. Well, I've never had it installed, so I don't know if it's something where the cable guy goes, yep, put a Nielsen box there, and I'm barely paying attention. I'm like, yeah, sure. Or if it's a big procession and they play a little song for you as a Nielsen customer. I'm not sure. I like to the think it's the size of a like a an office like you know computer <laughs> server. That's what I like yeah. to think it's as, unmistakable I, I grew that up, it's there. I grew up and I've been to many black households and as much stuff as we have on the top of those floor bottle TVs Sick that brag. don't work, it's never been a Nielsen ratings box. It's been all kind of <laughs> stuff. It's been smaller TVs. It's been cable boxes, right? It's been all kind of stuff. It's never been a Nielsen box on top of that floor model TV that don't work anymore. I mean, they say that they can account for some of the streaming, but some of that's also dependent on who they have deals with and which companies have deals with which. So there's definitely some confounds in the data for sure. But I think you got to look at the numbers. And when they're dropping to this degree, it's probably not the margin for error. It's probably real. It doesn't mean you can't get back. I mean, I should say it was not mentioned in the article, but the NBA suffered a similar dip, a similar nadir back in the day after Jordan. And the absolute bottom of it, the least watched 
NBA Finals, I think, in recorded memory because we don't totally have stats back before NBC. It was that uh, it was the LeBron one. It had LeBron in it. it oh, was there's, LeBron there's, the there's another reason the ratings people gave. Too many small market teams. No, nobody cares about what's <laughs> it. Y'all, y'all always got a reason. And also, Zach, you're not going to let him escape by saying, oh, I just was presenting the what, and we can talk about the why. Yeah. And there was oh, I talked about the why. I talked about the why. But why I'm saying that down? the why is open for interpretation to a large degree. Interpret it. Okay, so you have multiple reasons leading up to the most recent why that's the most controversial why, right? You've got the lo- the aforementioned everything Marcus says. The thing everything Marcus says, none of those theories are mutually exclusive, right? Any of those could be true, and then they all combine into this big mass phenomenon. And the most recent one, the most precipitous drop of late, uh, the one-year drop, I think, that is around 17% for at least network and also big drops on cable, uh, the NBA China situation, I think, really hurt the NBA's brand. I think it really hurt the brand. And then it creates this other dynamic where when the NBA is taking – Activist stances, progressive stances, um, they are then assailed for having that hypocrisy and in addition to people just not liking those stances. And I think it's crazy to at least – I feel like I'm often in conversation with people who they just have an ideological block on this even being in possibility, right? That there's no way. It's this feeling of because I agree with all of these stances, there's no way other people have an issue with them or that it actually informs their viewing habits. And ironically, a lot of these people are people where if the opposite was presented to them, they wouldn't watch that show. You know, they wouldn't watch that show. They wouldn't watch that game. They would turn the TV off. But they are, I think, often just projecting the sensibility of because everybody I know in my group totally agrees with these stances. There's no way other people have an issue with it. And I just think that's false. I think it's the elephant in the room. I don't think it takes a lot of imagination to go, yeah, I can see a lot of people getting turned off by that. Marcus, I, I, don't, say think, I, I don't think we know that ratings are down. I don't think we know what ratings ah. are at all. <laughs> What's I'm with that. I don't know. I don't know what ratings are, but I will say there's a bigger elephant behind that elephant you're talking about. Right? There are and multiple elephants. No, nah, there's one elephants. major elephant, uh, and it's an American <laughs> elephant. Uh, but I mean, I, I I do agree with your take that people are being turned off by it. a certain subgroup is being turned off by it. I mean, just judging by the commentary from the article. And how many times I've seen, oh, never watch the NBA again. Like, there are clearly people who are bothered by it. But this is not new. And the elephant in the room has to do with the relationship between the American viewer, a segment of the population, and the black athlete. And you can't have this conversation without talking about that. And throughout the history of uh, the black athlete in this country, and we know where that stems from, there has been this desire to control how black athletes behave and how they're accepted. So we've gone from you can't play at all to you can play, just shut up. Or you can play, just be on the back of the bench. Or you can play, but you just can't stay in our hotels. And we've seen this constantly. The issue, the elephant in the room, is there's a lot of people who don't like black athletes, especially ones who are making a lot of money. So unless they shut up, unless they smile, unless they say all the right things, they don't want to hear from that. Now the question is... Why doesn't the NBA take the stance and say, hey, if we lose those customers, oh, well, because I do think one of the answers to the ratings just might be getting more people who agree with you to watch 
Like that might be a good start, but the the mm-hmm. the American fallback plan is to always cater to that audience, and that's the problem I have is to always fall back. Well, we don't want to upset them, and that's how we got what happened after Malice in the Palace. That's how we got the cleaning up of the league after all the drugs. That's how we got the dress code. It's like, hey man, there are some there are some people who are offended. How about we tone this down a little bit? And I can see why the players are like, yes, so what? I'm not tripping anymore because I am yeah. rich. Also, well, what, if, what if we just had what, what if we just had people who analyzed the game who uh, who actually liked what they were watching? Well, that's what if we that, did that that's one of the other. <laughs> that's one of the. I, I did notice that the ABC ABC had quite the precipitous fall, and yeah. I, I do wonder <sighs> if they should maybe I think we you know why. approach approach how they do the announcing differently. But yeah, what Marcus says, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. I just don't understand why we can't admit that. Why we have to pretend like. That's not a possibility at all. That And there is that thing. Sometimes you take a certain stance and you lose some business over it. And you go, you know what? I don't care. The stance is worth it. I am totally cool with losing the business over it. That's what I'm doing. I think it's almost hard to object to that, but you don't see that. It's this idea, this kind of fantasy land where the stances aren't going to result in any kind of downside. At which point, why are they even stances? Why are they even brave? You know, if there's, a, I, I if there's know, absolutely right? it's no not risk like, of downside. It's not like LeBron is in the middle at the free throw line talking about arrest the cops, you know, who killed Breonna Taylor. Like he's doing this off the court. Like if you can't appreciate the game because of it, then there's something else there. Like Damian Lillard literally just danced to blow the whistle on the court. And it was, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that was him injecting like Oaklandness into the thing. So we, we know what it would look like if they started bringing this stuff to the court that people are trying to control how these athletes behave and think and what matters to them outside of them playing basketball even the kneeling that's literally before the game right like this the the desire to control black athletes is nothing new it's been going on throughout the entirety of sports in america and at every step of the way that part just has to be chipped off that's where we start that's the, the discussion begins do you address that or do you figure out a way to to operate knowing that that exists and I would say in addition to that, to have full moral authority to speak on these issues and not to undermine one's message, they should cut the cord with China. That's just something they should do. And I second it. Yeah, I think that's it's not it's not going great. It's not going great. But let's not act like these people really care about China. Right. I mean, I hear you on the China thing. It is definitely shady. They should cut, cut the cord. It would be a high moral stance to take. But also the people complaining need to explain to me why Walmart and, and, and Target sales are up. If they so anti-China, like there's no reason China products ain't going down in America. Nobody's stopping buying that. So, yeah, while we while we jumping at this moral authority about the NBA, I'm 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 cutting out Chinese products in my house. So I want to I want to hear other people do it. It's a lot of deep stuff there. Speaking of deep. Yeah. Points were contended. contended. Local. Local legend Logo Lillard or the babyface assassin guys in Tuesday night's broadcast of Lakers Blazers. TNT's Kenny Smith stated, Hey, Steph, how do you like that three? Steph, what, 36 feet? I don't think you could shoot as deep as him, Steph. I got to see it when you come back. back. Curry responded on Twitter, Love you, Kenny, but you tripping right now. Marcus, author of the book Golden the Miraculous Rise of Steph Curry, Bay Area legend, just like one Damian Lillard. Ooh. Who, who's, who's Marcus going to betray? Who's he gonna the betray? deepest can't wait. shooter in the NBA? 
I'm going with Damian Lillard because there is no wow. way Steve Kerr is going to let Steph shoot like that. <laughs> we've watched we've watched the back picks. The 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 Warriors offense does not include Steph jacking up from 36 feet. Now, who can shoot from the deepest? I think that would be a great competition. But Dame has a light that I I, I kind of wish Steph had sometimes. He's got the green light to do it. And Steph is getting chased off the line. Like, he just doesn't shoot those deep threes like that anymore. So, I'm going to get Dame the nod now, hoping this pride, Steve Kerr, to cut the reins and let Steph cook. Uh, Ethan, I once watched a uh, Pacers Eastern Conference Finals practice in, like, 2013. Maybe it was 2014. It was one of those. And there was a half-court shooting competition between Paul George and Gerald Green. Paul George was shooting them like a regular person would, you know, kind of heaving it a little bit. And Gerald Green was just shooting it as an effortless jumper. Why isn't Gerald Green in this conversation, Ethan? I mean, that's the thing is that Gerald Green has the hops for that. He would really – that guy looked like he'd get 40 inches on his jump shot. So I could see that just powering him up for those That's the problem. Shots. Now, <laughs> right. yeah, I, I, Maybe, yeah. Well, um, I think for this one, I know what Kenny Smith's getting at because it seems like Dame, he almost sits in that lawn chair and just effortlessly, it looks like a regular shot. And some of Steph's shots from that distance have a little bit of lean to them. So it just doesn't look as comfortable. But I also agree with Marcus that A, it's not really so much in the Warriors' offense. B, the thing, the reason Steph is better than Dame, and I didn't want to get into the whole one guy's better than the other guy, but I guess this is where we're at. It's getting brought up all the time. It's all the stuff, stuff Steph does off the ball, and Dame doesn't have that in his game, and that is what changes team strategy and makes him a five-alarm fire, Steph Curry, is that there is 24 seconds of pressure all the time. If Dame gives up the ball, the defense can relax a little bit. If he drives and kicks, I've seen it before, he's not popping right back out and relocating. So, yeah, I think Dame's a little better at that shot, but I also think that it is completely forgotten that Steph is generating all these other different kinds of looks that tend to have a bigger impact on the strategy of the game. Marcus, I think let me what ask we're you a question. Seeing, let me ask you a question oh, real ahead. quick, Marcus. Uh, you know, Dame hits a three, big moment of the game, dances a little bit to to blow the whistle, uh, you know, goes dumb a little bit, and if celebrated, Steph takes a deep shot and turns around before it goes in, you know, he's not humble. What gives? Mm. What's the difference? Uh, ooh, that's a great point, right? I don't know. Maybe because uh, everybody knows where Dame is from, and you kind of like expect that to be part of his whole shtick. I don't know. I, I do think there's a problem with people just don't like this little light skinned dude dancing on him, right? <laughs> like, I do think there's something to it. Like, it's a little offensive to have this guy who you view as scrawny and weak, like, stunting on you like that. So, I mean, I've always thought that was a bit of the the issue with Steph is that he's this suburban kid whose parents were rich and he came to the NBA like looking like a 12 year old and he was giving dudes buckets. And that's just harder to swallow. A dude like Dan, you know where he's from, right? You know, you know how he's cut. So you kind of expect it from him so you can take it when it happens. That That's my dime store psychology of what's going on with this situation. Uh, Ethan, I. 
there was a, there was going to be a campaign with Derek Williams if he was a functional NBA player at some point, and dare I even say a good NBA player, where it was kind of like I didn't grow up in the streets, I didn't grow up like having to claw my way out to in order to make it. I just wanted to make it. You know, I grew up in a middle class. I just wanted to make it, and that was kind of going to be like this message of like, hey, he wants it, right? Like he just wanted to be an NBA player. And then, <laughs> I, mi- and then I unfortunately, this whole thing. <laughs> and then unfortunately, he just sucked, and so it did. You know, that doesn't really go anywhere. But uh, is there something with that with Steph? Now, obviously not middle class grew up with a with uh, an NBA father but you know maybe that maybe that's factoring into this viewpoint of pushing Steph aside yeah maybe I think that we've seen for a while that there is a set of NBA players and former players who resent Steph I mean they just seem to or they don't buy it or they just think that there's something I don't know gimmicky about it and in my experience NBA players they respect size on the level yes, I think that's different from absolutely. the fans where like I can't do anything about that. KD does a turnaround in my face. Yeah, there's no shame in that, right? Yeah. Yeah, Steph, Steph fakes you out and it's, oh, I, well, I I just, you know, I got I won't fall for the fake next time. You know, Because you like, got oh, like, like Oscar I, Robinson talking about, man, can you just press that button up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that, and that's kind of the sentiment there. So I think that's also something – That's something that detracts a little bit from Steph's legend among certain players and a little bit of the resentment is this idea of, well, I can get him the next time versus if he was giant, then you would go, yeah, there's really – there's really nothing. There's really nothing you can do about that. So that's another dynamic, I think. I mean, I think also going dumb, going dumb to blow the whistle is probably a better celebration than shimmying. Like, can we can we factor yeah. that? But shimmying looks weird. The all it is it is better than shimmying, but the ultimate celebration is turning around before it goes in. There is There's nothing, nothing better than that. There's that's that is the, the greatest coldest thing, thing of all time. Of, yeah. Yeah, oh, no question. No yeah. question. Um, Absolutely. The, I think with either one, you can't pick wrong. Just like you can't pick wrong by going with DraftKings, folks. Oh, my oh. goodness. The regular season's fun and all, but we're back to the playoffs. And this is DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Basketball playoffs are going on. Hockey playoffs are going on. And DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action Mark, you're probably wondering, like, is there $30, $40 on the line? No. Millions in prizes throughout the week. There is no better place to make it rain with DraftKings. Start playing for free with your first deposit. If you haven't tried it, Daily Fantasy Sports are easy to play. Just draft your players, stay under the salary cap, pile up points. It's just like running a team. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test than to compete for millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. But if it's not for you... With Daily Fantasy, it just launched the best ball contest for football season. So you could use your football knowledge with the best ball. Simply head to the app and check it out. Download the DraftKings app and use the promo code RUN. That's R-U-N to play for free with your first deposit today. You compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs, not just like through the year. That's each week. This week, millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. Promo code RUN. That's R-U-N to get that shot at millions of dollars only at DraftKings. But there is a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Take three, gentlemen. Oh, take three. This is one of my favorite ones. Rajon Run, don't call me that. 
huh? How do you like that for a stupid little pun? Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks lose game one against the Magic despite some impressive stats from the Greek Freak. In fact, it doesn't even feel like the Bucks are feared much at all by the Eastern Conference despite their dominance all season. Giannis's lack of a three-point shot tends to be the blame for the Bucks not being champs yet, even though it's their defense that's getting shredded every single game that they lose. Uh, and that's kind of a Mike Budenholzer thing. But guys, when you can't hit outside <laughs> shots and you're doing and you're putting up impressive stats, people just call you the next Rajon Rondo. Like Ben Simmons is the six foot ten Rajon Rondo, right? <laughs> Completely. Did, can we, can we just him. Zach? Can we just admit that this is our friend in basketball circles who sent this text? Well, this you know, I'm not gonna say who came up with the topic. But yes, it is a friend in basketball circles that works for an NBA team. Uh, ben Simmons is called a 6'10 Rondo constantly. My question to you, Marcus, why don't we call Giannis a 7'1 Greek freak Rajon Rondo? That, that, that's because that's disrespectful. That's why. Because Giannis is a monster. And the only time Rajon Rondo is a monster is in Connect Four. And those two aren't wow. comparable. But also, Playoff Rondo, you champion are, Rondo. Come on, Marcus. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, you watch, you watch Greek Freak hit five threes to get the, uh, Bucks into the, into the NBA finals. And then you start talking this Rondo stuff. Y'all saying he can't shoot. His day is coming. He's just streaky with it. That's all. He'll hit a few jumpers, and then you'll be talking that mess. <laughs> look, I mean, look, look. I think it's a little much. I think that Giannis does things that win basketball games to a greater degree uh, than some of the other players, and the willingness is there. The willingness is there to shoot the three. Um, I am not blaming him for the disappointment of the Bucks so far in the bubble. Uh, at the same time. You know, his game doesn't have the refinement that some other superstars who attack from the perimeter have. I think we can say that. I think Marcus has said uh, the moves are shoulders and Eurostep. Those are the two moves. And I think at the end of a game, uh, it can be a little be a little tricky for him to generate his own shot. And then even or if not it's the tricky, defense, right? Like the opposite yeah, of tricky. Or not tricky or not tricky. Or and as Zach says, the defense is the issue, but you do have this other problem where you just want more shot creation around him. Bottom line, he's headed to the Warriors and we'll just wow. I, no, I don't I don't, don't want to get aggregated. Wow. I'm just joking, folks. I'm just joking, everybody. I'm I just mean, kidding. maybe is that why the NBA is playing this dude at ten AM? <laughs> <laughs> that's are they, the thing. Are they, that's are they trying amazing. to piss him off want, so he leaves to an actual, you know, big NBA question. city? Or are you they protecting him, how- Marcus, because he's losing to Nick Vucevic? Yeah. <laughs> there's also there's also that, but yeah, that opened my eyes. You know, yeah. Bucks Magic, not exactly a barn burner of a series, but for it to be 10 a.m. on the West Coast, uh, that made me go, wow. And I, that is a response, by the way. I mean, it is a response to how many people tune in generally. The NBA has tried to get the Bucks thing going. It's almost like an engine that won't turn over. Um, and they've tried to put them in prime time. And people, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, they just don't tune in to see the Greek freak. I, I don't know why. Everybody knows when the, when you're trying to turn an engine over, you got to stop or you're flooded. You got to give it time. They need to give it time. That's it. Let this dude hit five threes in the finals, and then y'all won't be calling him Rondo, and Milwaukee will be lit, <laughs> and it'll be a real city. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Is, or come to the Warriors. I don't know. Did y'all know yeah, I used to live in Milwaukee? Y'all don't even first. know that, huh? Yeah, none of y'all um, knew I used to live in Milwaukee, right? That's my stuff. I mean, my you, aunt you, used to you, live in Milwaukee. You've brought, it, you've brought it up a lot. It's like you, you tell it in all these stories about how you cut your teeth 
you know, in Milwaukee. Yeah, only, and no, you, you I, all I ever hear is East Oakland and, and HBCU. That's all I ever hear from Marcus. I never, I've never heard once about Milwaukee. <laughs> you haven't heard, you haven't heard Marcus's uh, I'm, I'm, Milwaukee accent come out. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> oh yeah, name all the brats. You lived in Milwaukee. <laughs> all I know was. The, the brats that they served at Brewers games that me and Bob Euchre used to take down. That's all I know. Oh, now we're name dropping Bob Euchre, huh? na- You like that, huh? You like wow. that. Yes. Who are the famous Milwaukeeans? You got you got your Kevon Looney. Uh, you got your- That's number one? That's number one. <laughs> Kevon Looney's number one. Wow. Can we get Latrell Sprewell in the mix? Uh, Jordan Poole. Can Jordan Poole get some action? Jordan Poole. Are we just naming bad Warriors players? What's happening? <laughs> Liberace. I'm looking up famous Milwaukee people. Uh, isn't Al Jarreau the legend from Milwaukee? I, I just watched the uh, Unsung, I think, and he's from Milwaukee. Al Jarreau, you don't know nothing about Al Jarreau, Ethan. Er- Eric Benet is up there as well. I mean, Jay-Z said, don't go Eric Benet. So maybe he meant don't oh. go Milwaukee. Maybe that was uh, yeah. subliminal to Giannis. Trying to get him to the Nets now. Does he still own the Nets? The city of Milwaukee is not punching above its weight when it comes to generating famous people. Oh, Jim Abrams. Oh, someone didn't get down to former NBA player Rodney Buford, apparently. (laughs) Is it really that bad? Fred Brown? Look, all right, Milwaukee's got some people. (laughs) I will not stand for this. Milwaukee, they got the Fonz, so it's all good. The Fonz, yeah. All right, Marcus, do you have a picture with uh, the Fonzie statue? Uh, I do not. Okay, you never lived in Milwaukee. I did go to the Afro Fest, though, and the German Fest. There's no way they had that there. I, I did. You know, Milwaukee is all about the fest in the summer. I stayed at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee uh, when I uh, worked at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And the only thing to do was go hit up the fest. It was like, yeah, you got to go to the fest. So every week there was like a different festival. And Ethan, I was at this that sounds and impossible the, to fact and check, and I just don't know what to do here. Devin Harris from Milwaukee. <laughs> all right, we're done. Take four. The fix is in or fix the problem. The Los Angeles Lakers lose a brutal one Tuesday when they scored 93 paltry points against the Portland Trailblazers. LeBron, impressive stat line, but it didn't lead to anything significant for the Lakers offense because he's playing in front of virtual fans and the pairing of Yusuf Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside shut him down. With NBA ratings, remember topic number two, guys? In flux during these bubbly playoffs, the league could be in trouble if the stars don't get to moving on to the later rounds. As big of a star as Damian Lillard is, LeBron is the biggest star the NBA has. So the league would definitely benefit from the Lakers making a deep run. Dare I ask, a 2002 Western (laughs) Conference Finals situation. Could it come up, Ethan? This was your topic, not to sell anybody out. Uh, how can the league ensure that the Lakers make a deep run in these playoffs? I didn't know if I, I was just messing around on the group chat. I don't allege any nefariousness. I think I was just chuckling because I saw John Middlecoff, who I think admitted he was gambling on the game and was in the middle of a, you know, fourth quarter uh, gambling, white knuckling it. Uh, the NBA's worst nightmare is the Lakers getting bounced in round one. Been the only team doing good TV numbers. We know Sturm would place calls and change the series and they'd move on. Not sure Silver has the stones, but he might be desperate enough. And I, I, I think John might have been tongue-in-cheek, but I was just looking at it. And I was thinking that, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny that the NBA's got this big TV deal hanging in the balance and the Lakers 
look listless. And then to bring it back to ratings, and I think we're, this is going to be the last time we talk about ratings for a while, by the way, on this point. God, of I hope so. I, hate I hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is funny. You look at the night. Now, how are you going to tell me what I'm talking about? You think you can just control what I talk about? You want to talk, talk about ratings? No, Marcus, you want to talk about ratings? With this climate, you, 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 you think that's, a, you think that's yeah, acceptable? Thing for you will only do? talk no, 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 about I, No, Marcus, I'm on your side here. No, no, no. The tide is changing, bro. Like, I got it. We got to shut up about this. So relax. So, yeah. For the first, the best watched NBA game of the night, uh, Lakers Blazers, 3.4 million. Um, and then Thunder Rockets, uh, shade under, it's 1.97. Uh, so that shows you the difference as far as the LeBron Laker factor. But also. <laughs> You're like interrogating the number, like it's shaking it. Question. You're like shaking it yeah. by his shoulders. Tell me what I you mean. I mean, you're saying it like it means something. Like I don't know it what means that a, means. It means like, like a little under two million people tuned in for Thunder Rockets, and nearly three point five million tuned in for Blazers Lakers. And I don't think Blazers Lakers was in a better time slot, by the way. So it just shows you that the difference in interest is one point five million people. Did I do the math right? I hope I did. Uh, it's 1.5 million people between those two games. The Lakers are allegedly. a big draw. The Lakers are if allegedly. You the if you believe in the Nielsen boxes, if you don't believe that Nielsen boxes are microchips that they're putting in. Ethan, the quit filibustering. Is the league going to fix this or not? <laughs> are we getting a letter from Ralph Nader or not? God damn it. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe what the league needs to do is call LeBron and say – you got to, you know, come on, man. Come on. I don't know about this whole saying that I can't do it without the fans thing already. Not after game one. If I'm a Laker fan, I'm looking at this. and I, Ordinarily, I would be going, well, you know, you missed a ton of threes. You know, you missed a ton of open threes. We're the better team. You lose the first game sometimes. It happens. The only thing that would really give me pause is that immediately afterwards, LeBron's talking like, he's talking like the guy who starts losing a video game and he just wants to put messing around and acting like he's not that invested in it. You know, throwing the controller down. He's saying that, well, you know, no fans is different. It seems like the excuses are already entering the situation after game one. That would concern me a little bit. That's a little bit weird. And I feel like, yeah, why so, why so listless? And he put together a great stat line, but there is this feeling, am I crazy when I watch him? And it makes sense now that he is in his mid-30s that it just – even if he's putting up the numbers and even if it's still impressive and the passes are there, there is some bulkiness and you're just kind of wondering. You're kind of wondering if Charles Barkley might be onto something. Uh, Marcus, this, uh, is, this a, is this a LeBron Laker problem or is this Anthony Davis in the playoffs? This is what happens. Mm. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the latter until I see something different. But uh... – First, can we get an understanding like what happened in the 2002 Western Conference Finals? I don't remember the league intervening at all. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Kings fans. Marcus, I, King, I don't know if you've been to yeah, Sacramento. If you, if you, no, no, but, if you drive uh, down Highway 80, Marcus. Yeah. If I remember, <laughs> if I remember the, the better team won the series, and I don't Correct. know what that other Northern California team is complaining about. Well, <laughs> well, Mike Bibby did get forearm shivered in the face, and they called a foul on him for his face being in the way of Kobe's uh, you know, forearm. Uh, and then in Game 7, that was in Game 6, and then in Game 7, the Kings missed 17 free throws at home uh, and cried foul 
all of the refs uh, in that yeah. game. And then Ralph Nader, and, and and Ralph Nader sent the NBA a, a letter about the election. Yeah, Ralph Nader thought winning Sacramento was going to get him the presidency, so he sent a letter to, to Sacramento. Game 6, 2002, Western Conference Finals is a game that lives in infamy for every NBA fan. Kobe Bryant elbowed Mike Bibby in the face, who fell bleeding. No foul was called on that superstar. The big market Lakers shot 27 free throws in the fourth quarter to win by only four points against the small market Sacramento team that hasn't been the same since. At the time, I said something stinks in La La Land, but the NBA owners and David Stern didn't listen. I, I just did, I don't remember seeing anything unfair about that Northern California team. I just I missed it. I'm sorry. It felt like that. I, I don't know what the controversy is. Dun, dun, dun. Let me stop. Let me stop. I'm just playing because Tupac said from Oakland to Sackdown, the Bay Area back down. Right, right, so it, it's all good. Bears. Love for Sacramento. Uh, I, 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 I do think it is troubling. I'm not going to sit here and say the league is going to make a call. I'm not saying they're not, but man, can you imagine if it's like Portland, Milwaukee in the finals? Like <laughs> this, and this it's a, I think good. here's what we're acknowledging. We're not, we're not, as, we're not alleging anything. We're going to say that everything's on the up and up, but it's just hilarious and crazy that there's this massive incentive for the entire health of the industry that one thing happens versus the other thing happening i think that's something that we could acknowledge and something we could honestly say is that there is just a massive incentive uh that that it's one outcome at this point more so than any other point before right because the reason people say hey why talk about tv ratings why talk about why talk about it well one of the reasons is that the league is running into a financial calamity with maybe not being able to have people there for games and if they sign a new tv deal then at least that assures lenders and assures people creditors that hey, there's a promise of some money coming in if we can get the games on TV. And so that frees things up. And this is the point at which such things are being negotiated. And you just have to wonder how many billions of dollars are potentially on the line um, if you're presenting good numbers versus if you're presenting bad numbers. And that's the situation we're in. Speaking of a financial calamity, student loans, guys. They're out of control mm. with a lot of people. Ah. Now's the time to get your student loan payments under control. Incredible. You could be saving by refinancing your student loans with earnest. Is your student loan payment too high? Is water wet? Well, refinancing with earnest could help you lower your monthly payment. Interest rates have hit record lows, which means it's time to refinance. Oh, my God. If you've been making the same monthly payment on your student loans for the last couple of years, odds are you could reduce your payment and save by refinancing with earnest. Want to char- change your monthly payment combine many loans into one easy payment get a better rate they make it easy at earnest there's no origination fee or any other fees plus the internet loves earnest customer service customer service sucks these days in most companies they don't care if they help you or not that's not what it is with earnest according to Trustpilot, 9.4 out of 10 oh my god the nba be killing for those kind of ratings ethan but 9.4 out of 10 for a trust of the customer service of Ernest. And now you can get $100 cash bonus when you refinance your student loan with Ernest.com slash hoops. That's right. Ernest.com slash hoops. That's E-A-R-N-E-S-T dot com slash hoops. You get $100 cash bonus when you refinance your student loan with Ernest. 
That's earnest.com slash hoops for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Earnest student loan refinance loans are made by Earnest Operations LLC NMLS number 1204917. California Financing Law License number 6054788 at 303 2nd Street, Suite 401 in San Francisco, California 94107. Visit earnest.com slash licenses for a full list of licensed states. I gotta be completely honest with you. I didn't watch the press conference, but I heard about it. But at the end of the day, LeBron James coming out with that cast was cowardly. It really was. And he, he needed to be called out for that. To sit up there, come out with a cast, saying that my hand was injured and all that type of shit. He's the same dude that pretty much conceded the series before it started. They wasn't going to the Warriors, man. Like I said, it's always some excuse for LeBron James getting his ass destroyed in the finals, man. Take number five. We talked about LeBron, all the narrative that could be around him if he loses to the Blazers or just doesn't get to the finals in general, guys. It's a wash narrative. Let's say the league doesn't pull off some nefarious uh, officiating with Kane Fitzgerald ejecting Kristaps Porzingis for the betterment of the opponents of the Los Angeles Lakers. What's going to be the excuse if LeBron doesn't get past round one, round two, the conference finals, doesn't win a title? There will be a bevy of options. No fans in the bubble, no home court advantage, no trainer, too much social media, no zero dark 30. The sun was in his eyes. Air conditioning was too cold. (laughs) Draymond Green didn't get suspended. Kane Fitzgerald keeps ejecting Chris Dasporzingis. Marcus, what will be the narrative for LeBron and the Lakers if they don't win? Anthony Davis ain't a winner. (laughs) Oh, wow. Catavius Caldwell oh. Pope didn't get it done. It's going to be Alex Caruso. We told you he was just a role player. Trade Kyle Kuzma. Frank Vogel's got to go. Jason Kidd needs to be the coach. It's going to be it's going to be all of that. And I don't think it's going to be wrong. I, I feel like LeBron looks pretty good, especially, you know, for how he's contributing all over the floor. Like, he was on Dame at the end of the game, forcing Dame to give up the ball. I, I do think some of this is on the other players. Some of this is on the stars who were supposed to step up. Uh, Kuz looked pretty good. And keep in mind, they almost won the game. Like, I, I do think some of this is a little bit too far. If the Lakers win the series in five, we'll act like this didn't happen when we just got through talking about how the narrative for LeBron when it's over. So let's let them lose first. But the other guys definitely need to perform. That's that's a big deal. And, and the main guy is Anthony Davis. I feel like if the Lakers do lose this and get blown out by a lesser team, I just need Phil Jackson on the sideline grimacing and just looking like fuck it like uh you know a few of those laker blowouts at the end of those particular runs <laughs> you just wheel That's his ass in there. Watch yeah. he's not in a wheelchair i don't know <laughs> yeah. why i said that but you just bring him to the bubble well, but he's got the weird chair he's got the weird okay. chair he's got the weird chair you know that's just a memory of when the, the the mavericks were sweeping the lakers and he's just grinning he's just grinning like i don't i, I don't care anymore I don't care anymore. This is stupid. I'm going to Montana. I don't care. I, I, need, I need that if that happens, but I do think we are getting ahead of ourselves. And dropping the first game I don't think is as big a deal in this situation as it might normally be because you haven't lost home court advantage. You're just going right back into the same bubble situation versus – and I feel we're so deprived of this now. 
I want to see them going into the Moda Center. I want to see the Lakers in the Moda Center if they are, if it's 1-1 or, God forbid, 0-2, and that just crazy crowd, the underdog vibe. I mean, that's what the playoffs are traditionally about. So, you know, I miss not having that. I do think that it is premature. I think a fine excuse if LeBron doesn't play as well is that he's 35 years old, by the way. I mean, this is not, it is not reasonable. And in year 17, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, this is above deal. and beyond. So it's, I don't even know why he needs an excuse. You know um, what I mean? I, he'll find it. He'll find it. Like there are a lot of people. He don't even have to find it. People will give it to him. Like that's what social well, that's media the, well, is now. Like, he he is a bit of a he he tends to make some excuses. I think he's protective of his image, and there are certainly people in media who are also protective of it. But I almost look at it like. Why does he even need the protection? If he if he comes up short, he's accomplished so right. much. Right, he's already. still he's still unbelievable. It, yeah, for his career, you know, he's like like a top three player of all time, if not the best. And he is thirty five. I mean, it just shouldn't right. be. You shouldn't expect so much. Like so thirty five on year seventeen, right? Like that's that's yeah. legitimate. That it's yeah. that's decent. But also, he'll have a championship in his belt, three of them, and we'll be talking about how uh, Anthony Davis. Should have been able to carry them by past the Blazers. The Laker fans have turned on Anthony Davis in one playoff game. Yeah. Ethan, noticed. I remember long ago being called a homer because I did not accept that Anthony Davis was the new Kevin Garnett. I would just like some uh, some apologies well, in fairness, from some people. You do, if, if, in fairness, you do that to every up and coming powerful. You're right. I did it to off. Anthony Randolph and, and Anthony Davis. You named <laughs> Anthony, and, you're compared to Kevin Garnett, you're not going to be him. So stop doing it. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. What about, what about Anthony Bennett? He almost had a shot, right? Anthony yeah. Tolliver? What about Carl Towns? <laughs> I know I'm not. I know I'm not playing the game right. No, you're not. I mean, Anthony. Uh, well, he does have Anthony. <laughs> what about Anthony? He has Anthony. Yeah. What about Carmelo? Uh, Ethan, about I thought Carmelo you were pulling Anthony? it out. You didn't even. Uh, Ethan had this great like line and didn't I, even I did know he great, had it. I did a great, I did a great pull and I didn't even know I was accidentally no, clever. And then, I, then I screwed um, it all up. Um, I screwed it all up. Marcus, it's I, like I, it's like I did a helmet catch and then I went, uh, and I like hit it out of out of my face mask. Is what you said. Uh, Marcus, I have a question. What if LeBron is just setting us up for the first O three comeback in NBA history because there is no home court advantage. When you oh, said 03 comeback, I was like, is he going to sign with like D Wade and Mello and just everybody <laughs> from that draft? <laughs> We're getting the band back together, boys. I thought he was going to say, what if this is set up to get Dame to the Lakers? I was oh. like, oh, okay. oh. <laughs> now we got it. I, got, I, I have a better question. I have a question that, Zach, I need you to answer. Oh, boy. What do you do with whoever's decision it was? To play blow the whistle at a Laker home game. Ooh, mm. that is a great question. There are a lot of game ops questions I have about what's going on in the bubble. Personally, I think it should just be chaos. I think it should be absolute <laughs> chaos. I think you should be heckling when teams do poorly, no matter if they're the home team or not. And I think if a team is winning, their fans get to go on the screen. When a team isn't winning, you you, you just want it to be like the you, you want it to be like the Boogie Nights fireworks scene. That's what 100%. you want. Hundred percent. I want. Right I actually, you know what? I do want someone. I do want a drug dealer next to the court shooting <laughs> off firecrackers. That's what I want. And if that so doesn't happen you, for the conference finals, <laughs> I quit. You don't think it was a violation of the Lakers' home court to play an Oakland song for the Oakland 
point guard, even though he plays for Portland? Honestly, Marcus, we we know a lot of the people who are doing this thing, right? Do you think they knew? Do you think they made the connection? Or did they just push a button? Did they just push a button on happy music? Sad music. No, they were they, they were buying tapes out of Two Short's trunk. You know, they they are deeply rooted and know exactly of the musical selection that they play. All right. Marcus, do you have a closing rant? Because I feel like I need to give Ethan even more time than usual. Uh Jeez, I actually don't. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Right, go yeah, either first. Go either first. Dare I say? I think I always think about the topics. That's my rant. Look, look. I can't just prepare thoughts on everything. You give me these topics. I feel like I'm just, you know, I, I feel like I'm juggling chainsaws. I feel like I'm an object of controversy without choosing to be. And I got to be careful with whatever I'm saying. I live in a panopticon where I'm viewed at all times that I can't go outside because there are crazy the fires and it's 100 degrees. I'm going crazy. A panopticon. Panopticon, damn it. It means that the you can be seen, but you can't see who's seeing you. That's a transformer. Uh, that's the situation. Uh, and uh, yeah, and rant slash wine slash complain. Marcus? Was that enough time? You know, my my rant will be dedicated to the the Oakland security officer who mm, is ooh, now yeah. is now revealed to be the one who started the altercation for pushing on Masai. And for anybody who was hating on Masai and thought he was doing his I'm the man, I'm the president thing, like we now have video evidence that he was shoved first by the officer. And to you, officer, I say, you disrespected Oracle Arena. You disrespected what it was all about. And I know many excellent security guards, either you know them too, uh, yeah. who have a legacy of being great to people and caring about the environment and respectful yeah. of people. Yeah. From Ralph Walker to Mo Hunt, my homie, Ramon Martinez. You disrespect yeah, the legacy of Oracle Arena and the town, and I hope you pay for it. Also, this dude said that the altercation with Masai gave him facial swelling. I looked at the picture. He has a fat face. It's not facial swelling. I got a fat face, too. I never assaulted Masai Ujiri to get it. You just have a fat face, and I hope you get sued, and I hope you get uh, fired, and I hope that you have to pay back a lot of money to a lot of people. I hope Masai does it just to be petty, just to be – just for vindication, Absolutely. just for justice because not only did you lie about it, but everyone protecting you lied about it because we had the camera footage for a year. It ruined a priceless moment too. You can't really put a price on right. that. It's just got to be a crazy situation psychically to finally and, get to the absolute height of everything you were ever building for, and then to have and that then have this dude, yeah, I mean, interfere with his like, own re- power trip. Yeah, you can't you can't rerun it. You can't replay it. Like that's always going to be part. That's just always going to be part of the memory for him. And, and then he was gaslighted, right? And then they were they were acting yeah. he. You know, the supporters of the, the the security guy, you know, were coming after Masai after that, right? And our own homie uh, from uh, Nike, I don't know if I want to say his name or if he wants his name, jumps mm-hmm. in the middle to play the hero, right? And protects it and, right. and squashes it from being more than it was, right? Like that's – like th- that whole situation was brought upon because somebody thought they had far more power than they, they actually had. And I, I just hope you pay – the price, not just for the act you did, but also for not being responsible enough. A responsible uh, 
citizen and authority figure to handle your mistake. And you should have apologized already, said I was out of line. I didn't know who you were. And now here we are. So I hope you pay the price. Thank you for uh, vindicating Masai, who did nothing wrong. Absolutely. Also, you kind of committed fraud there, buddy. You might want to get a lawyer on that one. That's going to might want to deal with that, right? <laughs> I thought that was going to be another ad read. <laughs> you just never know with this dude. You never know with this dude. Marcus is the clear winner. Make sure you get insurance fraud coverage. Promo code hoops. Wherever you I'm not gonna. Win. I'm not gonna win until I bring a rant. Some, you're right. Win. You're not gonna win until you bring a rant. So bring one next week. <laughs> Subscribe to the uh, Athletic yeah. NBA Show. Leave a review. Be nice. Leave five stars. Unsubscribe. Resubscribe to it. So we juice the numbers. Make sure you subscribe to the <laughs> Athletic. Read all of Ethan's work. Read all of Marcus's work. Read all of my work. Keep us all employed. Keep Ethan buying new houses left and right. We want him to own a whole <laughs> community of houses by the end of this Tell, year. Tell us if you have a Nielsen box. Send us a screenshot. Exactly. You know, Tell us if you have a fake box, box that's never existed in this world. For Jade Hoy, <laughs> Marcus Thompson, Ethan Strauss, I'm Zach Harper. Fuck the ratings! I like Spiegel with the ratings. The ratings? The ratings?